0: Welcome to the Wellness Guys show with wellness experts, Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Christophe, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys, I'm Dr. Lawrence Tam.
1: I'm Dr. Damien Christophe. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And
0: this is the Wellness Guys show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into our lives. And today is the episode where we give back to our listeners to uh, because as uh, according to episode number thirty, from which is our last episode, we told you that this is a special episode. We will be answering your questions over the last. Yeah, these few are,
1: these are our favorite episodes. I love doing these. It's great. Mm, it's great it's to good. get so much feedback from the listeners and to find out what they want to know and to be able to answer a few questions. So keep the questions coming. I want to thank
0: you for all those people who've been sending us emails and Facebook comments this past yes, week. Sure. It's been absolutely amazing. So, uh, yes. you know, especially those people. There was a, one comment uh, that we all loved. Uh, Damon, do, do you remember who that was? About the, the vegetarian one.
2: Yeah, I do. It's from Kelly Hucker. And she says, Hey guys, I'm going to start eating meat again after 22 years of being a vegetarian. I've been diagnosed fructose intolerant. Now I can't sustain a healthy diet. I'm a bit overwhelmed with how to go about it. So we're actually going to talk about that tonight because... You know, it's a massive thing to have been without significant amounts of protein for a long period of time, you know, 22 years. But that's – it's amazing. Look, I actually uh, was a little bit overwhelmed to think that the information that we're providing might have actually influenced somebody to make such a significant decision in their well-being and their lifestyle. Mm.
1: It's fantastic. It's very exciting, I think, to think that people are actually listening, taking it on board and taking action because that's really what, you know, that's what wellness is about, is about making active choices. Um, So, I think it's fantastic to think that people are actually really taking that on board and making informed choices. That's really exciting. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and well, at the end of this call, uh, we're going to be actually uh, having a competition for our fans, uh, yeah. just on that, for those people taking action, and so uh, stay tuned at the end of this call. We're gonna actually give you a, you know, there's some great prizes on this one, so you're gonna to want to listen to this episode all the way through.
2: It's our first ever competition. That's
0: first right, it's first ever. ever. Yeah,
1: first ever. <laughs> apart from the competition between the three of us, just for the most airtime, but you know, <laughs> it's like <it's a> competition. <laughs> That's right. Uh-huh.
0: Well, listen. Let's uh, let's start with these questions because there's tons of them here, and so we want to make sure we get through all of them. So the first one is uh, from Scott. Scott uh, sent us uh, email about uh, his race that he's coming up. I think he's doing an ultra marathon. I think, or he's been training for an ultra marathon.
2: Crazy. No, he's doing the Ironman. Oh, he's Iron doing Man. the Ironman. Yes, oh, yep. he's done the ultra marathon. I think already. Yep, he's he's done an, a serious endurance event. And yep. uh, and he's noticed just by looking around him that a lot of other people have been sucked into the whole gels thing. You know, they're sucking down these carbohydrate shot gel things that are highly processed, high fructose corn syrup, crappy things that don't even exist on any plant on the planet um, except for a plant with machinery. And it's uh, <laughs> and you know sucking them into their body, thinking that this is going to be good for them. Not only will it get them through the race, but will actually enhance their well-being. Well, you know. Scott, it's obviously quite clearly not news to you that you don't need to run on these gels and Brett and Lawrence and I thought we'd talk about what you could actually do uh, in these sorts of events, these high intensity endurance events, like what sort of food could you actually use that's actually really food and doesn't come in a plastic packet. So, you know, let's get into that.
0: Well, the conventional thinking, right? So if you're an Ironman triathlete or any of those type of endurance, what you want is it's sugar, isn't it? Isn't that what we need to burn? If those packets are suck it all in, so I can get that quick hit of energy so I can sustain myself for that extra K, isn't that what it's all about? That's what those people are going to be asking. So Damien, set me right. Tell me it's not true. Damien. (laughs) Damien's offline. We lost him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> might have lost Damien for a little while. But look, Lawrence, I'll, I'll jump in and talk I, about I this. I think, Brett, you're, you're qualified to I, do this. I, I've got some experience in this area because yeah. I actually did an ultra marathon about, uh, I don't know, four or five months ago now. And look, I was absolutely determined not to go down this path because I, I really realized that yeah, almost everybody out there, in fact it's it's really hard to find information about how to do this without sucking down gels and sugars and sports drinks because just about everyone out there is saying that's what you have to do um, and the reality is that that's just not true I mean people have been running long distances for, for a very long time you know if you have a look at the book Born to Run which is a fantastic book Talks about the Taro Umara people in Mexico, who are probably the world's best long distance runners. And they didn't have any of these sort of things. You know, they, they were doing it with real food. Um, so it is possible to do with real food. And one of the things you want to do is you want to condition your body to be actually better able to gain this energy from real food. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, what that means is when you're training, um, you want to be eating pretty much what we were speaking about. You know, in our previous episodes, you know, Rob Wolf and, and Mark Sisson spoke about that sort of primal paleo diet, which was just really basic foods, you know, getting in some good fats, some good healthy proteins, um, you know, a balanced diet of carbohydrates, you know, not having to overdo it. You might be eating a few more carbohydrates perhaps than your average person because obviously you are burning off more energy mm. but it's not a you know it's not like you're just eating carbohydrates and it's certainly not you're not eating those really processed refined carbohydrates so we're just talking about you know look, getting extra carbohydrates from fruits and vegetables essentially mm. so well i mean it's important
0: well you're talking about like i mean most of these guys who are shifting over what you're i think you've done and you're when you just complete your ultra marathon is that you're using fat as the fuel source rather than the carbs
1: yeah, you're, you're actually training your body over time to become more efficient at using fat as a fuel source. Um, and for a long event like that, that's really important because you actually need sustained energy over the course of that entire event. You know, it's certainly not a sprint, and certainly not when I do it because it took me quite a while to get to the end. And uh, so it's important to have that sustained energy throughout the event. And, What that actually enables you to do as well is that it means that if you do have, you know, if you do condition yourself to better burn those fats and to use those as a fuel source, then it means that when you do actually have some extra carbohydrates on the race day, um, and once again, that doesn't have to be gels, that doesn't have to be sports drinks. But when you do have some extra carbohydrate on that day, you're then going to have the benefit of being really, really efficient at burning the fats and really great at burning the carbohydrates too because that's just a natural, easy thing for your body to do. Um, so you're going to get even better results. Um, so it's it's really important to understand that you can actually do it eating real food. I mean, I didn't have a single gel. I didn't have a single sports drink right throughout the event. Mm-hmm. Um, all I had was... Was leading up to the event, I had just lots, lots of really good food. I had lots of healthy proteins. I had lots and lots of fruits and vegetables. Um, on race day, what I took with me was look. I had some nuts. Um, I had some dates. Uh, at each of my fuel stops, I had fruit. I had water. Um, I had some more nuts. Um, I'd actually made up some nut balls, which were sort of nuts and coconut and dates and some fruit and I think a little bit of honey in there um, and and those were the sort of things I was eating as I was going along and it was just all real food.
0: Fantastic. That's great. And how long would it take for your body to kind of train to switch from burning carbs and uh, to more burning the fat, would you say? Well-
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't know the actual answer to that. Mm. Um, I, th- I think it takes time, though. I would expect it to be, you know, talking in months rather than days or weeks mm. to really get really efficient at it. Um, but uh, I'm not sure if Damien's back there now. But but he may yeah. have a, some insight into that as well. Well, welcome back, I- Damien. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. My internet just dumped out. Thanks Telstra. That was great of you. Um, <laughs> it just gave me another chance to, to talk about my ultra marathon and how far I'm. <laughs> so, yeah, and Brett's yeah. taking over you on, <laughs> on airtime now. <laughs> How's that airtime? Is that airtime thing going on?
2: I think you sabotaged it. What's it? I, here's something actually. I was um, I had a gentleman the other day who's he did um, the some massive ultra marathon. He did it with Carmen Atkinson, actually. Um, oh great! What's that one that she's done? What's that one called? Oh, I can't remember what she done. I think she's anyway, done numerous ones. Yeah. Anyway, she he did it with her, and um, he's decided that he he's doesn't want to just run long distances anymore. He wants to do Ironman triathlons. I've gone. Okay, you go for gold. And uh, he said, I, but you know, what should I do for nutrition? I said, well, one of the things you should be doing is doing more coconut oil. Um, add coconut milk to your drinks, and you know, really increase the fat in your diet, and really cut back on the carbohydrate. And he said, oh, that, just doesn't, that goes against everything that I've ever learned. And I said, well, if you just give it a go and let me know how you went. Well, he went out for a oh, 215k bike ride. Um, he went out for on Thursday. And he came in on Friday for his adjustment, he said, you know what, I just haven't ridden that well ever before. Now, he's only been doing that for a week oh, and wow. so he's only Has added it? that fat into his lifestyle. Had that increased amount of medium-chain triglycerides which is an important thing to remember So, because when we're talking about fats, you've got to get the right fats. It's not just, you know, co- it's not. we're not talking cottonseed <laughs> oil or corn flour oil or safflower oil it's got to be good quality saturated fat that's you know because it's it's slow burn high energy yield fat and it's got to be there for a long time so
0: you mean it's not a a steak on a barbie
2: (laughs) (laughs) no well look you could but it's probably not the best choice i mean that saturated that saturated fat's also high in other things that you probably you know you you may not burn as efficiently as what you will when you're using coconut oil right
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the other thing I didn't say, Lawrence, and I know I did speak about this in one of our really early episodes, is that, that what I actually used for that run in replacement of the sports drinks, um, and it was very simple it was a combination of coconut water, um, blueberries, bananas, um, and a little bit of sea salt. Um, and that's actually enough to give you all of those, to replace all of those vital nutrients that you need um, and to. Uh, yeah, to give you those essential sugars and things that you need for your body to to replace those. So, um, you know, you don't have to go to a processed fluoro pink full of sugar drink to, to get actually to get those, to replace those nutrients that you need.
2: What's so, worse is those fluoro colored neon sign, <laughs> you know, kind of drinks that start with, you know, Letters that are only five letters into the alphabet. Um, uh, they're kind of they're not ideal from the point of view that they're one. If you if you listen to this in the states, they're packed full of high fructose corn syrup. Mm. If you're in, in Australia, they're they're packed full of cane sugar. But they um, they're packed full of sodium chloride, which is just table salt. And that's not that good for you. So, and, and what actually we what we do find is people still cramp up drinking those drinks. We also find out that uh, people you know, and actually people actually dehydrate themselves and end up on a drip even though they've been drinking these drinks because they don't necessarily provide the right types of electrolytes to the bloodstream. And so where Brett mentioned before, you sea salt, you could use Himalayan rock salt, which has got a full spectrum of different types of minerals including magnesium and calcium and boron, manganese and all the other sorts of things that your body will actually go through. It's just not sodium and chloride that you're going to sweat out. Um, you're going to sweat out a whole lot of other stuff too so you know make it broad spectrum like Brett said and um, and, and look there are if you can't be bothered making up something um, as beautiful as what Brett just mentioned just then then you can get some um, blends that actually do contain some magnesium and do contain uh, potassium on top of the sodium and chloride that actually in those drinks so it's just the pre-bottled ones probably aren't the best way to go Great
0: and it's just, just Brett you actually mix the the, that drink I assume you yeah, blended it yeah blended it okay. yeah absolutely and, and how much sea salt uh, would you put in
1: not very much okay. just just a just a small pinch just a pinch um, right. yeah just really a pinch and that's enough to get you that salt that you need okay well there you go a new uh,
0: sports drink we can call it the wellness guy drink and brand it and label it <laughs> so-
2: <laughs> pa- wait, we get package it and process it Oh yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> let's not, let's not. But uh, uh, yeah. Fredo, can you write that recipe up on Facebook? That'd be great. Yes, yeah, that would be definitely. really good. It'll go up. All
0: right. Well, so let's move on to the second question. Uh, this question comes from Kyle from Kiwiland, New Zealand.
2: I, oh, that's sweet it is. <laughs> oh, sweet, that's
0: what <laughs> day, I oh, actually believe gosh. that Kyle was also the one. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. He was also the one that actually did the 100 goal challenge, didn't he? From the he did. Yeah. yeah, and which was amazing. What he had a great story about um, how he did the 100 goal challenge, and he thought it was kind of a, you know whatever. He, but he did it, and uh, one of, he actually accomplished one of the goals within a the couple day. of days. The yeah, next day, the next day, day yeah, yeah. He, he wanted to see a kiwi which is yeah. not a Kiwi New Zealander, uh, an actual Kiwi. Um, not the Kiwi fruit either. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's
2: a Kiwi fruit with legs and a beak. <laughs> you
0: know? It's a Kiwi fruit, uh, Kiwi the animal. Um, yeah, so, and he actually saw one right away. So there you go.
2: Very uh, cool. cool. Yeah, so he's
0: looking forward to the other 99 goals coming true. So we look forward to uh, hearing about those 99. But his question is actually um, about fluoride, um, about uh, in terms of... Uh, I guess oral hygiene is fluoride really evil? And if it is, there is there. What are some of the natural alternatives to help promote healthy teeth and perhaps foods that contain natural occurring fluoride? Don't know about this natural occurring fluoride, but um, uh, how do you promote good bacteria in your mouth? And what toothpaste are best for me and my family?
1: Well, Lawrence, uh, there is actually natural occurring fluoride. Um, so fluoride can occur naturally in the in water supplies um, as calcium fluoride. Um, and that was actually what instigated this whole movement towards fluoride in the first place. Um, so, so they started investigating sort of areas that had this calcium fluoride in the water, uh, and saw that there may have been a correlation between that and better teeth health. Um, and so that, that that was sort of what started off the whole process. Um, unfortunately, the calcium fluoride isn't actually what we use to put into the water. Um, so yeah. the fertilizer the, the Fluoride we use is actually one of the cheap byproducts of fertilisers, aluminium production, and steel production. Um, so it's a completely different sort of fluoride, um, mm. and it's not what is naturally occurring, um, and uh, it's not necessarily all that good for your teeth either. Um, so you know when you actually look at the, the the details around fluoride and particularly dental fluorosis, which is essentially a fluoride toxicity. Um, it can actually have quite detrimental effects um, on your teeth. So, so the, the type of fluoride that we actually get is what's called silico fluoride, um, and it, it's significantly more toxic than the naturally occurring form. Mm. Hmm. Well, it's, it's a great point, and yeah,
2: there's a lot of studies that actually suggest that fluoride actually really only just toughens the outside of the teeth. It actually doesn't make the inside the the is it the dent. I, the, I can't remember the name of what part of the, the tooth it is, but the inner part of the core, let's say it's the core, um, isn't made any tougher by taking extra fluoride into your diet. And, um, you know, it, in fact, it may actually make it more brittle. And so that you, you don't really want to have too much of it. And it's, yeah, that's all I want to say, really.
1: I just, I'm going to stay away from it. I, I keep away yeah. from
2: my diet. We filter it out of our water.
1: The other thing I want to say is that this is particularly important for little kids as their teeth are developing. Um, so, so little kids are particularly, with developing teeth, are particularly susceptible to dental fluorosis. So you know, if you look at even at the government websites, which are usually pretty pro- pro-fluoride, they actually say that you know kids under four or five just shouldn't be having any fluoride at all, which is quite ridiculous when you think that we're mass medicating this this drug into every single person's uh, water supply regardless of their age even though we know that dental fluorosis at such a young age can have a really detrimental detrimental effect on their development of their teeth um so i think it's really important to understand that it is a drug that it does have side effects and that not everybody would need the same amount of fluoride even if that was a good thing that you know different people with different sizes different stages of development it just doesn't make sense to me to, to give this same drug to every single person in the same amounts
0: Mm. And yep. and it's also I think most some countries in Europe most of the European countries don't even have fluoride in their water because they just say no because we don't want that type of chemical in our in our water supply. Yeah,
2: there's a town in Melbourne, oh in Melbourne in South Australia called Mount Gambier, and uh, and Mount Gambier has some of the most beautiful water. It's a spring water. It fills up this lake called the Blue Lake. You would have heard of it, Brett. Eh? it's beautiful, beautiful water. They've just now fluoridated it, and now they're adding it's... fluoride to the water because they they were worried that. You Know for generations people might have been getting cavities because there was a lack of fluoride in their water. It's just the most pristine, yeah. stunning blue water that you've ever seen. The a beautiful tasting water, and they've added fluoride to it, wrecked it.
1: It's incredible, isn't it? Now, Lawrence, you're talking about the countries you know, France, Austria, Denmark, Iceland, Italy, Japan, the Netherlands, Norway, Sweden, Switzerland and the UK either don't fluoride, don't fluoridate or have very low rates of water fluoridation. Mm. So it's a fair chunk of Europe we're talking about there. It's not just one or two countries. Yeah,
0: no, So I think most of the European countries, yeah. So yep. what is it? what are some of the ways that we can filter out uh, the fluoride in our water system because obviously it's already in the system and uh, what are some of the alternatives things to kind of promote uh, healthy teeth?
2: Well, I've been mean, quite use, clearly general? eating, like, I, I use a toothpaste. Um, I don't know if I should. Should we talk about brands? I don't really. You know, I actually get a no fluoride toothpaste. That's what I get. Mm, Um, We also use a water filter that takes fluoride out of our water, and we rely on the fluoride that's naturally occurring in our uh, in our plant sources and our nuts and seeds. You know, all those sorts of things that we do eat normally in a healthy diet. To we rely on that to give us enough
1: fluoride for our body and our bones. Um, That's how we go about it. And Damien, I mean, is that a reverse osmosis filter, is that the sort of filter you've got? Look, reverse osmosis is apparently
2: the best way to get out all of the fluoride. We use a, a, a filter that sits on our bench top um, mm-hmm. and it says it gets rid of 95% of the fluoride in the water and that's yep. the claim and in Australia if you make a claim like that, it has to be true um, yep. otherwise you shut down and fine enormously so I believe it to be true. Um, and, I, and, and I use that and, and there's no water wastage which is great with that particular system too whereas with yeah. reverse osmosis there's quite a lot of water wastage.
1: Yeah. yeah, so so look at our house, we're really lucky, we're actually on um, spring water, we actually have a well that pumps up to the back of our place, um, so we, we don't actually have fluoridated water, so we haven't had to worry about, you know, going down the filter route, although I have spoken to Damien that perhaps we should get our water tested and possibly filter it anyway, yeah. um, but we don't have the fluoride as an issue we need to worry about. Um, we do use fluoride free toothpaste for us and particularly for the kids, which is very important. Yeah. Um, and I think you know the biggest tip for us in terms of preventing dental decay is actually eating a healthy diet, not eating lots of processed carbohydrates and sugars. Um, so we're not actually eating those foods that are that are causing our teeth to, you know, have all the issues in the first place. Yeah,
0: excellent. Well, let's uh, move on to our third question. Um, And this should be a very simple one. It's from Kate. Kate uh, talked about she uses something called My Net Diary to track her days regarding her ratios with protein, fats, and carbs. Uh, But she doesn't feel that um, it actually fits the paleo primal diet. And uh, she wants to hear your take. And I know, Brett, you kind of answered it on a personal email to her. But uh, let's talk about that to our listeners.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I I had a little bit of a look at that particular diet. um, And look, from what I could gather, just having a quick look at the website, there certainly did seem to be quite a bit of carbohydrate in that diet, particularly processed carbohydrates in sort of the breads and grains and cereals, which wouldn't traditionally fit in with your typical paleo diet. Um, I think it's important to understand that, you know, that there are variations of the paleo diet or the primal diet or the evolution diet or whatever it happens to be. You know, what was getting eaten by, um, you know, paleo people in... Um, You know, in Antarctica versus in America versus in Africa versus, you know, wherever it happened to be, um, they were actually eating quite different foods and potentially even quite different um, quantities of each of the foods. So there was quite a bit of variation in regards to that. Um, but you know, from the studies they've done to see well, approximately what were those ratios? Um, the, the studies said that the amount of protein they had was about 20 to 35 percent protein. Yep. Uh, the amount of carbohydrate they had was about 25 to 40 percent carbohydrate, um, and about 30 to 45 percent fat. Now, yep. if you compare that to our, our Western diets, we see that the Western diet is only about 15 to 20 percent protein. So you yep. know, we're talking 15, five, yeah, five to 15 percent less protein. Um, the Western diet has 45 to 55% carbohydrates, so you know 20 to, yeah, you know, 15 to 20% more carbohydrates in our modern Western diet, and the fat is actually around about the same. So, so essentially, what we've seen is we need it. Well, we used to eat more protein and less carbohydrates, but if if you sort of roughly stick to those percentages, and once again, it might be worthwhile just putting those percentages up on the Facebook page for people to have a bit of a look at too. Excellent. Right. Yeah, look, I just want to add to that just a little bit, Brett, because um, I, I we have obviously
2: done quite a bit of chat about the paleo diet, and as that, that it may even seem that we are absolutely one hundred percent pro paleo. And look, Brett, you follow paleo absolutely. Yes, Lawrence, you don't necessarily follow paleo, but you're heading more towards paleo. And I certainly, I, I'm not. One way or the other, I I actually probably stick closer to um, what would be something known more as the zone diet. So I, it's it's still paleo I suppose in its approach. I don't have processed carbohydrates really, um, but I'll still have um, some grains. Um, now, I don't. My cholesterol is still excellent. My health is excellent. Everything's still very, very good. And so, I don't want people to think that you can't have any grains at all, um, because you know the wellness guys are talking about being paleo. That's that's not the what what we're suggesting. What we're suggesting is that you try and bump up your protein, and you bump up your good fats, and you take down some of your carbohydrates in your diet. So the ratios by which I promote uh, in the talks that I do would be forty percent. protein, 30% carbohydrate, 30% fat. That's kind of where I go. I like that sort of ratio and that tends to work really well. In the western western world, the promotion of fat is around about 5 to 10, maybe 15%. So we we're, we're told that we should try and keep our total amount of fat down to around about you know it's really about 10% and it's just not enough fat so i think we should keep our fat up keep our protein up keep our carbohydrates appropriate and the bulk of our carbohydrates should actually come from fruits and vegetables and vegetables primarily that's that's what i think i just don't want people yeah. to think that we're only paleo yeah.
0: I think that's, uh, that was the exact comment I was going to make is that, you know, we're not, we don't all agree on the exact like, one particular diet, but what we do agree on is exactly what you just summarized, is that we need to eat better as a whole society. We need to eat more fat, like good quality fat, and we definitely need to switch more from uh, the, the carbs that we get from um, vegetables, fresh raw vegetables. Yeah. as opposed to um, solely on grains because this is that's where the majority of the, the diet. And a lot of people forget, like this is the thing with, I'm, and this is as I'm making a blanket statement here and some of you guys were listening and I can, they, you know, they do really well in our diets. But a lot of people, a lot of my clients, when they say, when we say vegetables, you know what their vegetables intake is, is mic- or frozen food. Think it's frozen. And- yeah, or potatoes yeah. or microwave food. And that's not necessarily what we're talking about. We're talking about raw, fresh uh, foods it doesn't have to be organic like you know just eat some raw stuff and that's what we want to um, pr- promote is the healthy eating uh, the way we're meant to be
1: yeah yeah absolutely
0: all right we must move on uh, quickly to a couple other questions here uh, debbie kendrick talked about interval training she is training for uh, mount kilimanjaro so uh, she has a great Good question idea. about uh, regards to um, her lung capacity and how it will interval training help her achieve her goal
1: Yes. Yeah. And, and it's a pretty straightforward. Yeah. It's basically a yes, isn't it? Because, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. what she wants to train for is a an environment that has less oxygen in it, in it essentially. Mm. Um, so, the, the great thing about the interval training is it doesn't allow you to completely recover. It forces you to go into that anaerobic zone um, and that, that is perfect training if you're wanting to go and do something that's going to be high altitude and a less aerobic environment. So it's absolutely perfect. Mm. Yeah, it is
0: tough i believe I debbie's from perth uh, where i am and uh, there's no hills here so there's no mountains <laughs> uh, it is a tough thing and i think you know um my suggestion there is to really uh, consider, you know, uh, adapting to the altitude, um, maybe a week to two weeks before that, if you can, of course. Um, I've had altitude sickness when I climbed uh, up in 14,000 feet in uh, Colorado, uh, the Rockies, and it's not a fun feeling to be uh, having altitude sickness up, up up, there. So it's something that, you know, your body does need some time to adapt, um, but it's a good thing to, to do at a base level uh, to kind of you know, when you get to base camp or wherever it is, to adapt for a few days, just to so your body gets you. Your body will adapt. It's just a matter of uh, uh, taking the time to adapt before you actually go
2: up the mountain. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. Good point.
0: All right. The um, one last question here. I think I'm not. Sh- oh. Oh, we'll, we'll see if we can get into this. But uh, this is what uh, uh, um, a listener actually uh, emailed us about um, nutrition for the elderly. Um, they talked about we, we seem to be talking nutrition for younger generation. Um, but the, you know, this is a listener who is above 55. And they're, they're wondering, is there, you know, things that we would do differently or suggest differently? Because obviously, there are different population. And um, we have an answer for that. So I guess the question is, can older generation change as much as the young generation given the tips and stuff that we've been given in the last 30 30 episodes?
2: Yes. What I know is that if you cut your finger or you cut your foot, even if you're young or old, your foot is still going to heal. And that indicates that your body's still got innate intelligence. And that innate intelligence always wants your body to thrive and to repair and to do the best it possibly can and to remove interference to innate intelligence is as much about removing subluxation in the spine but as much about removing subluxation or interference from your diet. So you take out all the crap, get rid of all the rubbish and put into it all of the great foods that we've been talking about. and. Wherever your base is, that's where you're building from. So regardless of your age, you can still come from a bad or a low base. Um, You may be older and come from a better base than what somebody at 30 years old today is actually coming from. So age may not have um, a significant part to play in your base and where you're actually starting from. So from a food point of view, all of the information that we've spoken about so far um, in our podcast is appropriate for anybody at any age. It's absolutely 100% appropriate. What you do need to keep in mind though is that there's a number of physiological things that will take place within the body as we do age and as our cells start to, um, I suppose, decrease their ability to retain form and tone. And one of the things that I think is key and Brett will probably add to this and Lawrence may add to it as well, is that as we get older, our stomach acid decreases and it's estimated that by about the age of 60 years old, our stomach acid levels have dropped down by about 60%. In other words, we now can't digest our proteins, our fats and our carbohydrates. as efficiently as what we need to be able to. So if you are coming you know, from a low base and you're a little bit older, then you need to increase your stomach acid levels and you can do that by adding lemon juice, apple cider vinegar or even some betaine hydrochloride um, capsules or tablets into your diet. Now, there's other nutrients that perhaps you should actually consider taking um, and I think that we're going to run out of time to actually talk about that tonight.
1: Yeah, so I think on that topic, I think it's just what you said. First of all, Damien, is a really important field to understand. Is that it really doesn't matter where you're coming from. It doesn't matter what your age is. That you know, introducing some you know some basic whole real foods into your diet is going to be a good thing. Doing some exercise is going to be a good thing. Um, you know, thinking some positive thoughts is going to be a good thing. It, it doesn't matter what base you're starting from. If you're, you know. We're not saying that if you're 60 years old and you've got some degeneration and your body's not functioning so well, we're not saying we're going to make you 21 again. But what we're saying is if you start doing these things, then you're going to be healthier than if you didn't start making the changes. It's just as simple as that.
0: Mm. I think we may you know, consider doing a, a whole episode on this. But my last comment on that, that thing is that you know, it is moving wellness and health is not a destination it's a process it's a process of you know it's a journey for all of us and we can always strive to get better and it's always changed as long as we're moving the towards a direction of health and wellness that's what we want to be we just don't want to be moving towards a direction of sick sickness because someone who is could be really sick you know quote unquote but are moving towards the direction of health and wellness i'd rather be that person than someone who's you know heading towards sickness the whole time and yeah you know, and no matter where what point on that line they are so all right so well that's the end of this episode but remember I right, we told you there's going to be a special um prize or a competition i guess uh brett would you like to introduce our first wellness guy competition
1: Absolutely. So the first wellness to Close competition is very simple um, and essentially it's because we've enjoyed the feedback from all of our listeners so much uh, that we'd love to hear more of it um, and particularly what we want to hear from people is what changes they've made as a result of listening to the wellness guys um, and how those changes have affected them and how it's affected their life. So we want them to do this in a very specific way. We'd like them to go onto their own Facebook page and put a post on their Facebook page outlining what changes they've made listening to the Wellness Guys um, and how that's affected them in their life. And we want in that post for them to tag the Wellness Guys Facebook page. And that's really just so that we see it because as soon as it gets tagged, we will get a message saying that somebody's talking about us. Uh, And so what we'll do then is um, out of all of those entries that we get, we're going to go through and we're going to find the person who's just made the best changes or who's got the best story. Um, And what we'd actually really like to do is interview them for one of our podcasts because we think that will be a really fascinating story. Um, And we've also got some prizes that we're going to give to that person. So um, I'm actually going to donate a signed copy of my book. Um, Damien, I know you've got a prize lined up as well.
2: Yeah, uh, I've got a new breakfast cereal coming out. It's called Forage and I'll be donating
1: two bags of forage for the winner. Brilliant. And Lawrence, you've got something to donate as well. Yeah,
0: I've just come up with a new program um, called the 30 Days to Wellness. And so basically it's a program that you watch 30 daily videos, uh, five-minute five minutes to 10 minute videos uh, to move towards wellness. So that's a, a 30 day program.
1: Excellent. So, so there's some really great prizes here. Like I said, you also get to be to come on and be interviewed by the Wellness Guys and really tell your story. So, once again, go onto your Facebook page. Um, tell us what changes you've made. Tell us how that's affected your life. And make sure you tag the Wellness Guys Facebook page in your post.
0: Um, just to explain how to tag the Wellness Guys, you basically press um, Shift Two on your keyboard, which is at sign, and at the Wellness Guys. It would automatically should come up and uh, just as long as the our tag is on there it, we will actually receive that message that you put posted on the um your status page okay
2: what if somebody wants to tweet us can they do that
0: sure can yeah, yeah you can absolutely. tweet us uh, we're at wellness guys or you can um t- yeah i think it's at wellness guys so uh that's our twitter uh feed all right so go ahead and start doing that on your uh, status uh, page and also on twitter um you know, thank you very much for everybody who's been spreading the word. We've had people telling their friends and family, um, forcing it upon them, making them listen in the cars on the wellness guys, and they're also making some changes. And really, thank you for taking action. That's the most important thing for us that you're taking action, so that we can actually start helping people and, and, you know, become models for other people to change their health and wellness. So Uh, make sure you do you want to say something?
1: I was just going to say, absolutely. Like it's really exciting for us to hear these stories of people actually making changes and actually getting results, and you know that that really inspires us. So thank you for that. Great. That was just airtime. <laughs>
2: we
0: dragon is? they're fighting for position all right well join us each week on thewellnessguys.com leave your comments below this episode tell us what you think and maybe tell us give us your questions we'll answer them on a uh, future episode and we also personally answer uh, questions and email so make sure you do email us uh, make sure you follow us on facebook and twitter and uh, until next week begin creating wellness into your lives lead by example and let's change the world's health together join us next week on the wellness guy show